Why have I quit my job? Why have I, you know, bought a van? And, and why am I going to drive around the country? Well, I'm passionate about the idea that you need to be heard. And I want to stitch these stories together across the states. We're going to find the commonalities. And it's going to be really an amazing experience. And I look forward to you joining me on the job. Good morning, everybody. Welcome back to Mental Health Today. I'm your host, Ken Stearns. Um, I'm also the founder and creator of the JAR Foundation, as well as the JAR Podcast, which you just saw me uh, kind of doing the, the voiceover uh, as they were preparing my van for a trip around the country. I'm in, uh, I'm in Topeka, Kansas right now. I'm on city number 70-something, I think 76 or 77. I've interviewed about 250 people and spent really a long time with, with folks face-to-face talking about life stuff. And the surprising common thread around the country has been mental health. So I've been you know, really blown away by the crisis and the impact it's had on people and the very real uh, touching stories that I've heard uh, of the struggles to get through the system, to find help, uh, and to get it addressed in a, in a real, you know, an easy way, or at least a way that, that's a lot simpler than what we've got set up now. Um, so in that, that idea is why I started the JAR Foundation and started this podcast is to bring on professionals in the space uh, who have some ideas, uh, who are working on things, who have a different view, or, and just want to share their ideas on, on what they're looking at. And this is a great place, good, safe place, a great place uh, for people to share those ideas and share their opinions uh, about what's going on and how we can do better. And uh, we've got Dr. Massa today. Uh, this morning, I should say. And um, thank you for joining us from California, doctor. And you've got a really cool backstory, uh, which, you know, I encourage people to kind of to go seek out because you've, you've, like I said, you got a really cool backstory. And, but even more important now is what you're doing now and the impact I think, you know, you can, you can bring to the table. Um, doctor, again, thanks for being a guest. And why don't you share with the audience a little bit about yourself and, and then how you're in the space and what you're what you're doing. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me on this show. Hello to you and your listeners. Um, so yes, uh, I'm very honored to be here and to be a part of this podcast with you. Um, I am from Iran. I migrated here about over 20 years ago, and um, I really wanted to acknowledge the plight of my people and what they're going through now. Yeah. Um, it's, it's something to look at, and you know I always want to represent them. But now I'm a co-founder of Heal and Thrive Psychotherapy and Coaching. It's a family business, as my husband and I and a few different good friends. Um, we started this private practice, in essence, after I had my daughter and I left the county. So my background is I've worked in jail, DCFS, which is children's services, mental health communities, with you know, those who are engaged in life of crime, addiction. Um, but then I had my daughter and I needed to move on to a more secure life. <laughs> <laughs> interesting life. <laughs> yeah, that's definitely time to to dial it down because also more, hu- I mean, that's tough, right? You're really seeing some difficult human stories there. You, you That's yeah. hard to do that and then go home to a baby and be pure. Absolutely. And I have to say that that training ground was so essential in who I am and what I can do for my clients. 
In Heal and Thrive, we truly believe in changing a person's personality to releasing them from the past, what I call shackles. Mm. Because when you heal from those experiences that are holding you hostage, you find that you're capable of things you never imagined. Yes. I didn't know, right? And we find this new journey, this flourishing that is unbelievable. I mean, when they say human mind has the that is, is not using all of its capacity, I've seen it. I've mm. seen people transform in ways that I could never imagine. And that's what Heal and Thrive is about. Beautiful. We talked earlier about the three, you had some three ideas you wanted to share. Maybe kind of, can you, you want to go through those? Sure. How so, you went? Yeah. I guess the first thing that I really want to comment on is this concept of social media and social media therapy. I think it's an amazing movement that mental health is being talked about. Yes. Concepts are being addressed. It is being explored, an introduction is being made. Mm. Then the problem is that a lot of people take, and I'm seeing it in through my clients, right? They take these little tidbits of information and transform them into their own understanding of therapy. And also, <laughs> we use these words with the, their, like, you know, they call empathy empath. And those two words mean something very different. Having, you know, an empathy towards someone is like caring and attentive and attuned, where an empath could mean being a psychic. So they yes. are not the same words. Um, or the concept of inner child, right? This conversation consistently about what is inner child. Yes, inner child is the child you once were that represents mm. and exists within you. Okay. But it's the part of the personality. It's one of the three pieces of the personality. So if you think of us as the child we once were, the parent, adult, caregiver, teachers, you know, whoever that taught us, that we had teaching us our moral values, our expectations of ourselves and others, and ourselves, the adult, the one that is supposed to create a balance between these two, that is the personality. Mm. The idea of personality is the interplay of these different forces, the primitive urges, the morality contents, and then yeah. the balancing that is created through what we call the ego. Not that I, am, I have a big ego, but the ego as in like the balancing factor. Yeah. A lot of us are stuck in these two pieces. Super judgmental, super rigid. You know, everybody has to have this unbelievable expectations, unachievable expectations, or in some ways, quote unquote, immature or impulsive or reactive. The reality is that they're just different parts of us. Everyone has it. What hasn't grown in that person is okay. the ability to coordinate and manage these two pieces, to create this referee, this balance. Yes, I hear you, little one. Yes, appreciate your you know, expectations, big one. But here's what we're going to bring these two <laughs> together and mold it. I love I love that idea. This bat, like the referee inside your your head. Yes, which creates this sense of calm and peace. 
instead mm-hmm. of bouncing between I'm impulsive to how dare you? Yes. It's okay you're impulsive. I get it. Yes, sometimes we feel that way. That was a really good point you mentioned. But here is this self-compassion. Christina Neff talks a lot about self-compassion. This idea of having compassion and care for ourselves. For me, is being able to bring those two and balancing them Mm. to achieve peace. Especially the inner peace. Yeah, and I, I, I... I agree that the social media stuff, it, it's the hot button right now. I mean, mental health is a hot button and, you know, there's a million apps. Even even my sleep app now is a mental health device. <laughs> my white, apparently white noise is a mental health treatment. And it's very true, right? We have a lot of tools and techniques to help us. And they're so mm. necessary and so important. Even with the AI coming up, right? It's such a good tool. But what I want us to remember is that we cannot forget the value of human relationship and the art of therapy. Hmm. The models, the techniques, the different, uh, you know, procedures and programs and tools and apps are all essential and helpful but they are only tools that are applied to a specific population and need. Yes, agreed. Who has, you know, I had someone reach out to me and say, well, you know, this person just saw their uh, fiance die right in front of them. Can they come to you? My first response was actually no. I said, I will definitely work with this person, but this person needs EMDR. They need medication and EMDR to help calm the brain down to be yeah. able to get through the crisis of that moment. Mm. Because the work I'm going to do, which is to help them process their grief and make sense of what happened and create this cohesive narrative of what happened, can only happen when that brain is calmed down. Now, on the other hand, you have someone that has been going to therapy, has done a lot of self-growth and is doing very mm-hmm. well, but they feel like they just need that extra step. That's where I step in. Because what I do is that I dig in for that root cause. And I can only do that when the person is stable, right? Yes. Yeah, yeah, of course. I can get you to the place you never knew existed. See, the thing is that a lot of what we're doing and experiencing has a connection to the past. Mm -hmm. What I say to clients is that when you come in, we create this shared space. You bring your expertise, I bring my expertise. In this collaborative environment, we together put in the, put in the pieces of the puzzle together. So I say, I'm going to give you this insight. I'm very psychodynamic oriented. So I say, I'm going to give you this insight and say the picture I'm seeing based on the pieces you give me. And you tell me yes or no. Okay. okay. It's the most amazing thing I have to tell you, Ken, that... I'm sitting with a client, we're having a conversation and it's almost like I'm seeing what they're seeing. I'm like, I can feel this emotion, like this word that is coming up and I'm like, this is not a word I would use. Like, yes. I'm like, you know, this word keeps coming to mind and I would not use that. And the person looks at me like taken back and is like, that's what I was thinking. That's my word. Yeah, that's my word. And I'm not psychic, right? I'm, I'm, no disrespect to anybody who believes in that, but I'm not sure about that field. I haven't studied it, so I'm not going to 
put that title on me. But what I do know is that we have these mirroring neurons. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. So I think that's... And then people, we have this polyvaca theory that, you know, the way we're sitting and the way we're engaging, we can feel each other. Yes. We really believe that in that connection, in that environment, that containing environment, that safest space they mm -hmm. have with me, they project to me yeah. what they cannot tolerate, which then I can bring into the session and say, okay, oh. I'm holding on to this for you. Let's look at it. Memory. Do you feel you can feel what they're the part that they're trying to give up? Absolutely. What they cannot feel, they give mm. me. Yes. How often I get choked up, and I'm like, I'm carrying. It's like I'm crying for. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like. And they're like, Yeah, you probably are. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. We talk about it. We're like, Okay, where is this coming from? Okay. This memory. But the thing is, when you go to the past, you remember what you experienced in that moment. You take this mm -hmm. episodic memory, right? You take this yeah, yeah, you get little, these polar, like these Polaroid videos. Absolutely. Yeah, very weird memory stuff. Exactly. But the thing is that all of these memories have a connection. Now, thanks to all that I went through in my life, especially with my clients, I got to see so much through their lens. I got to see so much suffering. And it had a scar. I actually have a little bit of PTSD because of it. Yes. But I also saw so many patterns. And as I'm sitting with people and they're giving me these pieces, those patterns are coming for me because people okay. told me. And I had my gang members talk about it and tell me, well, this is what I went through and that was going on. Well, but what was that like? What was that like? So all I have all of these um, kind of like pictures of patterns of things that happens to people. And so all of a sudden I'm like, what happened to your mom? What happened to your dad? Tell yes. me about their stories. And you see this intergenerational transmission of trauma. It's which, so tough, right? Which unlocks the person. That's the piece I love the most because by the time we look all the way back to their history and understand the life their family was seeing and living that was different than theirs, these people become free of that change. Ah. Because they finally realize, oh, when my mom was like screaming at me, don't leave the house, she was talking about the life she was living and what how dangerous outside was, but it wasn't for me. And it allows them to grieve what they lost. Hmm. And as they grieve what they lost, then they get a chance to feel what they didn't get to feel, be held in the ways that they didn't get to be held, be contained and understood in the ways that they couldn't, and hmm. have a narrative or understanding in a way that was not possible for them before. Yeah, it's beautiful. And then there comes empathy. It's interesting that when the anger is expressed, there is this piece of empathy for the person. Yeah, they right. They had all, even themselves, right? They even find it for the people that hurt them. Yes. Because they understand why. And then they like, then it comes into themselves. So cool. And the 
not a defensive empathy, right? I often hear people at the start of the program when we are working, they say, well, my parents did the best they could. I said, absolutely, 100% hands down. But it doesn't mean that you didn't get hurt. And then they sit back and I'm like, there is no judgment. I'm a parent. I mess up all the time. <laughs> yeah. I Amen to that. that. Amen to that. I said, we're doing the best we can, but that doesn't mean we don't leave a scar. We, we don't leave a scar. And that's when I talk about the repair, right? And, you know, when I work with parents, I talk about the repair. Yes, you lost it. Yes, you lied to your kid. Mm -hmm. How are you going to repair that so they don't have to do it years later with me? You know, it's all about that relationship. Yeah. It's, it's interesting what you describe. It's like so many of the stories that I've heard are, are follow this pattern, you know, when the people who are healed, or at least at a place on a, on a, on the road of healing, right, this journey, um, but they've, they've started it. A lot of that is, I'd say a lot of it, I probably all of those do have this moment where they've reflected, they've done the work, they've looked back and like, this is what happened to me. This is why it happened. This is my parents' story. Yeah. And you're right. You're, so what you're saying is totally, I've, I've experienced it where people say, I now know what, I know what my mom and dad went through now. I understand that. And the cool part is when people stop the cycle. Yes. Right. They're like, I'm not going to be like my kids. Diff I'm protecting my child. I raise my children like this. I, you know, and they're like, it ain't, I'm not going to be the one letting this keep going. It's intergenerational and they stop it. So cool. Because now they understand. Yeah. We repeat yeah. patterns when we don't know where they're coming from. <laughs> Which is crazy, right? You just keep doing something, but you don't know why? Absolutely. Because, you know, like I have this client, right? She is, she was frightened about moving out. She was frightened about living her life. She was frightened about doing anything. Because she had this person, this parent that was, had horrifying abusive childhood, horrible environment. And this parent was always afraid. So would yeah. have instilled in her that she was incapable of living and taking a step. When I walked her through the parent's experience and I said, if I were your parent, I would have understood. Uh, yeah, yeah, same. And she did too. She's like, I can see why my father is afraid because of what he went through. Yeah, yeah. And I said, he's looking at you through his eyes and the life he lived. And that was the moment she was just like, oh. It, 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 all, makes, it all makes sense. Then I was like, do you live that life? She's like, no. I said, do you have those threats? She said, no. I said, do no. you have those problems? No. But then live your life. Yeah, live your life. And then she was consumed with sadness for him. Like the anger and rage uh, turned into sadness. Like, I'm so sad for my dad. And I said, yes. Yeah. You doing the work he didn't get to do. <laughs> and you're having to do it because he didn't do it. Absolutely. <laughs> it kind of start with you. Yeah. And maybe you can get the dad in there and heal the dad. And it happens. I cannot explain it. Um, I'm sorry, I don't know if you guys hear in background noise. For some reason, all of a sudden, all the cars are passing by my house for the first time. Um, but 
the the families start to change. Yeah. And I mean, I can explain it in some ways, but it just always takes me like I'm now in shock. As one person becomes healthier in a better way, not in a mm-hmm. kind of like abrupt way, the family starts to switch too. It's almost like this; it just passes on, and then all of a sudden, you're seeing the family members are also repeating what the client is saying, acting in the same ways. It's fabulous to watch. That's uh, beautiful. The healing stuff. What else did you? We talked a little bit about the social media stuff. Uh, um, I was cracking up when you were talking about the um, uh, medium. Right. <laughs> Talking about the medium. What else? There's a couple. What other idea? Forget, I forget the other two. Um, I think one of them was inner child that we talked about. Yeah, let's talk. I hear a lot. I hear a lot about inner child. <laughs> Even one of my questions from the jar says, what would your inner child need to hear from you? Uh, so I even I have no idea what the hell it is. It's somehow I wrote the questions with inner child. <laughs> Tell us what it really means. What does it mean? And and how do you talk to it? And how do you work with it? So think of your inner child as your vo- most vulnerable, most sensitive, mm-hmm. alone and abandoned parts of you. Okay. Inner child is the child you were at the moment of trauma. And trauma can be humongous, like abuse, or it could be just dismissal. Mm. But it's that feeling of vulnerability and loneliness that pain and what it does is that it gets stuck you may have inner child of many ages many moments and what we do is that we walk away from it we further abandon it and it shows itself up right I feel like I have uh, this vulnerable, very childlike, very sensitive, very fearful inner child. And then I have this very rageful teenager that's just like super angry. And then I I feel like at some points I have this feeling of incompetent parent to those two. They oh, goodness. <laughs> what a relationship you've got going on in your head. <laughs> Absolutely. And it's constantly working with these three. I remember at some point in my life, I could hear my teen screaming at me, what a bad parent I was to my inner child. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And I had to really work on that. I had to really stop and say, okay, I really do need to recognize that very vulnerable side of me while at the same time appreciating that anger, that survival. Yeah. We have all of these pieces in us. When we think about that, when you have that strong emotion, when your nervous system goes into effect, when sympathetic, parasympathetic nervous system gets on, the limbic system, something is triggered. There's a Hmm. neurological, biological explanation, but there's a psychological piece too, right? There's that, the, the perception of threat has to do with a memory. If it's not a bear coming at us and we're acting as if, yes, perceived as a threat. And when was that a threat? Because at some point, 
somebody coming at you at weight meant something dangerous. Mm. It doesn't today, but that's that inner child screaming. Yes. Because when you turn inward and say, hey, you're okay. I'm here. I got this. You're not two anymore. You know, this person isn't coming at you trying to hurt you. I got it. And if they do, yeah. I'll punch them back. Don't really become aggressive. <laughs> but you reassure the inner Yeah, you can reassure. <laughs> right? I'm not violent. I play with that word. But it's kind of like step in front of it, right? Yeah, yeah, then, stepping in front. Right? In my, I'm kind of appalled by aggression, and I've seen it a lot in my life because of the work I've done. So I have learned to use fantasy, right? Fantasy is a very strong thing because I always talk to my clients about anger versus fantasy. In fantasy, you can do whatever. Yes. As long as you do not turn it into reality. Now, you have to know the client, the capacity for them to be able to tell the difference. But I had this woman that was so paralyzed by her fear because she was sexually abused. And we got it back to the memory. And the memory was this man came at her in a closet and she was a little kid. And I said, as an adult in fantasy, step into that room. You're not going to do any of the things you're thinking of, but you can play around with it in fantasy. Yeah. And she went in and she beat the person out. She came out and was like, am I a bad person? I was like, are you ever going to do that? She's like, no. That's the difference. Yeah. I said, you cannot put hands on anyone. You cannot hurt anyone. You are a human being, and those are behaviors no matter what you're responsible for. But you're allowed to protect your inner child. And come and yeah, come to the defense of the inner child so they know. So cool that you can do that in your mind. And you can calm that memory. Yes, because they can't make that, it go away, but you can you can you can make you can calm it or at least give that inner child peace. the comfort. Peace, yeah, yeah, peace. So because, cool. See the reason we allow aggression in fantasy, because that inner child is primitive as well. Hmm. All this complex cortical cortex work we do, well, I'm gonna not let that happen, doesn't hit that midbrain. Yeah, yeah. So using fantasy and aggressive urges versus pleasure-seeking urges meets the child where the child is at. (laughs) So funny. I would never think that, right, that the child is over there waiting waiting to kick some ass and do some violent stuff to to protect itself, right? It's waiting for you to come rescue it. In a way that the child understands. Yeah. And especially maybe that child. Yes. Because each person would have a different, you know, your different life experience. Fascinating. We're doing good. We got a few minutes um, before, before um, I'd ask for closing thoughts. So any, what else you want to cover? It's okay if you don't mind. I'll tell, talk about our Heal and Thrive and our practice. To kind I, of like I'd love to. Yeah, tell us tell us about what you're doing and how people get in touch with you and sure. all that good stuff. So Heal and Thrive psychotherapy and coaching is the idea of these words really have a meaning. 
the healing is the part that I do, the psychotherapy, the really getting at the root cause of the problem. Like okay. Everything we've been talking about, right? It's about yeah. what causes this problem versus the symptoms we're seeing. And really, after the bacteria, you know, and, the, and so forth. The thriving is the ADHD coach and the life coaching that we do. So we kind of like have combined these two practices. People oh. get their insight and knowledge and learn about themselves. And then they get to put it in practice in real life, what it means to them in practice. Now, what are they going to do differently based on goals? And yes. I think that's the thrive part that comes into play. My husband is an ADHD coach. We have life coaches. We have other therapists. We have different modalities that we use. But that's the concept that when you bring these two together, every case formulation is individualized. Ruz and I really, you know, if we're working with the same client, we come from these mm. two different perspectives. Yeah, very different. And create this new um, kind of like way of treating the family, the person, the individual, the environment. I'm a social worker, right? My patients in social. Yeah, work. yeah. I look at the whole world and its impact on that one individual, and that's the different lens, right? It's not just you, but you, your family, the people, the teachers, the schools, the yes. The world that you live in that causes your problems, the interplay of all of those things. Mm. So when I bring up this insight, Ruth turns them into actionable behaviors. Okay. So you can find us on heal-tribe.com. We have Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, um, Instagram, all those things. <laughs> um, that you can learn more about us. We do offer um, consultation. And I ask your listeners if they're ready to change their lives, to unlock mm. their unknown potential, they should definitely reach out. Yeah. I, I'm, you know, I'm such a fan of root cause, uh, as we talked earlier. You know, it's probably my corporate career was, would have been defined by root cause. And it's, it's the most painful path. It's the most difficult one. It's the most arduous <clears throat> um, but it gets results in the end. Yes, it does. It gets results in the end. It gets permanent results. I, I think the thing is, you once you uncover the root cause, you make change. You yes. you, you make real change. And um, I think this is it's the kind of stuff that I really look for. Um, I think it's a great, and I love the idea that you put these two together and then even include the whole environment because your every story I've heard is not about the individual wakes up one day and has a mental health crisis. Right. I mean, you just don't, you know, we're, we're born beautiful and innocent and clean and all right, we may have some memories from previous lives or whatever you might believe around that, but we're, we're born pretty innocent and pure and stuff happens. <laughs> and, and you know, the mind is complicated. Mm -hmm. The mind, the human mind is super complicated. And, and I think, it lies to us, right? We it lies to us. We lie to ourselves, and and somewhere in there, man, un, you know, taking that spaghetti mess and making something out of it, and showing people the path. And what you're doing is beautiful. I think we have to lie to ourselves, right? We are survivors. <laughs> yes. We tend to survive, and sometimes yes. the environment that causes us to survive in that way 
doesn't save us, doesn't help us. Do we have? Yes. Can I give an example? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's a great, it's so true, right? It's so true what you just said. You know, like I worked with a lot of people who had life of crime. And at first I was like, you know, I've never lived that kind of a life. So I would come in and be like, well, you need to be this. You need to be that. And then they sat me down and they told me about their lives. And I said, okay, thank you for so much. You went, went, okay. You can survive that. I can. (laughs) The conversation changed, right? So I said, in your world, which is, I don't know, 10 blocks away, the way you lived made sense. Because I wouldn't have survived it. Yes. But in my world, that way doesn't make sense. So I always use my migration, right? And I said, you're immigrating within your country. Uh, You're leaving one way of living. Yeah. Learn my way of living because the rules are different here. It's the same in our past and present. We survived because of these defense mechanisms that helped us survive. Yes. Now, how do we appreciate them and put them to rest? Yeah, give them the space that they deserve. And then say, thank you so much. I don't need you anymore. Now I need to go and find out what I'm meant to do. And that's where that freedom, relief, and truly flourishing happens the real flourishing doctor how about some closing thoughts i mean this has been pretty i've already learned a little bit uh very interesting especially your your guys approach you and your husband's approach to to therapy very interesting um how about some closing thoughts any other messages you want to impart I think the most important thing is that for everyone to realize, one, they are worthy no matter what. Mm. No matter what. Yes. They have a right and are deserving to live a life full of happiness. Yes. But they can. Right? If we understand what kind of influences our behaviors, what is the core at our core that is make us do what we do and if we find out if it's really our passion or not Mm -hmm. then we can understand it grieve it put it aside and go after what we really want have the life that we deserve yeah don't settle for what is right if you're successful if you're happy things are good that's not enough because there can be so much more and it even can be more I love it. You're worthy. It's you deserve it, and it's possible to get it. Absolutely. Yeah, what a great message. Thanks again, Doctor, for for sharing your story and and sharing you know how you look at how you look at therapy and approach it. I think mean, very interesting, and I'm um, I'm sure. And boy, I'd I'd love to meet you when I make it to California. I'm Please. on my way, slowly Please. but surely. Uh, that would be amazing. I'd love to hear your stories just about the uh, about some of your social work when you first started out. Because absolutely, man, that's love that part of it. It's fascinating to me. Oh, thank you. Definitely, we'll do dinner or something. I, yeah, I over food. So absolutely, come on over. I'll make you dinner. We'll oh, we'll get some Iranian. <laughs> if I can get some Iranian dishes, thank. You that sounds great. 
Um, thanks everybody for listening and supporting the the Jar Foundation, the Mental Health Today Show. Uh, you know, please do make comments um, and do share this and look out for for this episode with Dr. Massa. Um, it'll be coming out in about two weeks on an audio version, which is uh, a little bit easier to to make, to listen to and to catch up to. Thanks again, Doctor, and I'll see you. Just hang around. I'll be right back. I'll see you in thirty seconds. Thank you. Thanks, everybody. Yeah, loose, baby. But we're about to go and make this vessel with these great professionals yeah. in public glass. We're not part of the community, but we're from the outer family of glass blowing. Yeah, we're gonna go make a magical giant jar with optic lenses so that if you turn it, it changes all the time. So if you change the way you look at things, the things you look at will change.